Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Still Becoming Podcast, a place where women like you and me find help to move from where you are to where you want to be. I'm your host, Laura Acuna. The Still Becoming Podcast is where we gather to rethink our thinking about ourselves, our lives, and about our God. We will learn to reframe our shame and trade in limiting beliefs for the liberating truth from God's Word. And why the title Still Becoming? Because that's the Christian journey, isn't it? As we apply God's perfect Word to our lives for growth and change, we are always growing, always learning, and still becoming the women He created us to be. It's never perfect, and it's not too late. Do I need to say that again? It is never perfect, and it is not too late. I am so glad you're here for the journey, and I'm praying that God will speak directly to you through today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, hey there. This is episode six of the Still Becoming podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Today, we're going to talk about spiritual and emotional maturity. It is so near and dear to my heart and so vital for our walk on the healing path. I hope today's episode is a blessing to you. Nearly 20 years ago, I attended a Women of Faith conference in Washington, D.C., and as I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking back to what a sweet time of life that was, what a blessing the Women of Faith conference was to me as a young mom with three sons in three different schools, elementary, middle, and high school, to have just a few days to sit at the feet of older, wiser women who had been doing the thing for longer than I had been doing it was amazing. I soaked up every single word and their ministry literally catapulted me forward on the healing path. Now, 20 years ago at this particular Women of Faith conference, a new speaker to me came out on the stage. Her name is Jan Silvius, and she came to give a message based on her new book at the time titled, Big Girls Don't Whine. Don't you just love the title of that book, Big Girls Don't Whine? I was captivated immediately. Her wise words opened my eyes to something I had never considered. I remember sitting there taking in her teaching, feeling as if I was the only one in the room. Jan challenged us to grow up and become big girls. And what she meant by that was to become mature women in Christ. And with her typical grace and humor, Jan described the disadvantages of remaining a little girl into our adulthood. And it was then, right then and there, I realized I still possessed many little girl behaviors long past the age when they were appropriate. And looking back, I'm sure everyone who knew me knew this was the case, but I didn't. It was new to me. I mean, why are we always the last to know? I listened intently, took copious notes, and bought the book. I was all in. The message God gave through Jan that day helped me move deeper into my becoming and literally changed my life. I have never been the same. Ephesians 4.14 in the New Living Translation says this, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Pastor Peter Scazzaro, author of the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, among other books, teaches that emotional health and spiritual maturity cannot be separated. One cannot be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And in my own words, I say it like this. How can I claim to be a grown-up Christian woman 
when my behaviors, my reactions, and my emotions are more reflective of a teenager? The answer is, I can't. Now, if you're wondering where you land as a mature Christian woman, or as Jan says, a big girl, here's some questions you can analyze. Now, before I read these questions, I just want to remind you, this is a grace-filled zone. We do not do self-condemnation here. We don't do self-pity here. We do self-compassion. And so as you analyze these questions I'm about to read to you, look at yourself with that grace, that self-compassion, and also with curiosity, because it's only in facing these things that we can move forward on the healing path. So here's the questions to ask yourself. What is my initial response when I hear the word no? When conflict arises in one of my relationships, how do I handle it? Am I easily offended? Am I passive-aggressive? Do I control with anger or tantrums? Do I have a public self that is not in harmony with my private self? Am I applying God's truth to my life and seeing good fruit as I grow? And finally, am I farther along in faith and trust than I was a year ago? Those are questions to ask ourselves when discerning how we're doing as growing Christian women. They're not meant to discourage or shame. Instead, we can examine ourselves with curiosity and grace, but also with an honest commitment that we can do better. We can use them to help us become. Our maturity matters. Immature Christians can wreak havoc in a church. They confuse unbelieving family members and friends with their behavior that doesn't match who they claim to be. In leadership positions, they can destroy the health of an organization, even a church, and a ministry team. Living like a child in a woman's body is miserable. Take it from me. And it will directly affect your ability to move forward on the healing path. Conversely, a mature Christian woman is a blessing to the body of Christ and to those in her sphere of influence. She resides in a place of discernment, patience, and wisdom. This woman gives grace freely and refuses to take part in little girl antics, including unhealthy ways of eating and taking care of her body. She's not easily duped or tempted. A mature Christian woman doesn't beat her body into submission as if it needs to be conquered. And even if she'd like to improve it, she's finally learned to be comfortable in her own skin. She understands there's no perfection, only progress. A mature Christ follower knows if she's breathing, there's time to grow. The words, this is just how I am, never leave her mouth. She gives herself plenty of room for becoming. And girls, Maturity is not a destination that magically comes with age. It's a place we can choose to live in at any time or in any circumstance, thanks to a good God who always gives us the ability to become our very best. Friends, I am so excited to share that my new book, Still Becoming, Hope, Help, and Healing for the Diet-Weary Soul, will be published on December 13th. Still Becoming is a 31-day devotional journal that takes you on a sacred journey where you'll discover true freedom and that healing and peace have nothing to do with the number on a scale. Join me and learn to rethink your struggles with disordered eating, body image, and dieting through the lens of self-compassion and God's grace. And even though Still Becoming releases on December 13th, it's available for pre-order today. And if you order before December 13th, there'll be lots of freebies offered through my website. So go to laura-acuna.com and order your copy of Still Becoming today. I'm praying for redeemed, restored, and repaired hearts as we take the first brave steps toward thinking of ourselves and our struggles in a brand new way. 
Before our little break, we were talking about becoming mature Christian women. And one of the areas that is a beautiful sign of a maturing woman is her ability to forgive. Because girls, there is no healing without forgiveness. Our outdated coping mechanisms are a response to painful and unmanageable parts of our story. Once we come to terms with this fact, we'll have some releasing to do. It's hard to lay down the unhealthy ways we cope without clearing away the rubble of unforgiveness. Intentionally or not, boyfriends, parents, friends, and spouses may have said and done hurtful things to us. Both deliberate and accidental wounds cut deep, and emotional memories can live for a lifetime. The problem is, if we stay stuck in unforgiveness, we remain victimized by the one who hurt us. We can't move forward. If we're going to find victory over the hurts that drove us to use food as an escape, we must resolve the past. Now, you've likely heard this familiar statement. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. This description creatively explains how an unwillingness to release emotional baggage is toxic to our own souls. The shamer likes to tell us we're justified in withholding forgiveness because, after all, the perpetrator hurt us. But if we entertain his deception, Satan has us right where he wants us. His plan is to convince us that God didn't actually say we must forgive everyone. And if we buy into the shamer's lies, he wins. Now, I know forgiveness may seem daunting if your hurts are deep and soul wounding, and especially when abuse is involved. And if this is part of your story, friend, I am so sorry. I hope you know our grace-filled and patient father understands forgiveness will be a long-term process for some of us. And he sees you and he loves you no matter how long it takes. We can confidently trust God with our shattered hearts. He is true to his character, and he will never ask us to do anything he will not give us the power to do. But as you begin the hard work of healing, remember there are many misconceptions about what it means to extend forgiveness to another. So here are some important truths to understand. We are not letting the other person off the hook. Forgiveness begins with righteous anger and acknowledges the offense was wrong, and hurtful. Releasing unforgiveness lets us off the hook. We become free. We do not need the person's involvement or cooperation to forgive them. The object of our forgiveness does not need a voice in the conversation between us and God. This protects our tender hearts and means that even if the person is deceased, forgiveness can still happen. Forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. Restoring a relationship is a separate discussion and decision between you and God. We will never forget. When we forgive, we don't experience holy amnesia where the memory goes away. Only God forgives and forgets. When we release unforgiveness, we also give up the right for revenge and refuse to let old hurts control us any longer. Forgiveness frees us emotionally so we can risk trusting again. We need to forgive out of obedience and trust in our loving Father who knows what's best for His children. When we do, we discover relief and inner peace that never lasted with food. But here's one more reason it's important. Every single human being has a desperate need for forgiveness and grace. After all, no one is perfect or mistake-free. So how on earth can we withhold from others what we so deeply desire for ourselves when we mess up? Understanding, mercy, compassion, patience, and grace. Colossians 3.13 in the NLT, New Living Translation, says this, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. When you forgive, 
you will be surprised to find the gift isn't for the offender, but for you. And if you're like me, you will also discover that after deciding to release your anger, food's hold on you isn't nearly as strong. And now for soul fitness, strengthening your core. Today, as you open your journal, write down what jumped out at you from today's episode regarding where you land as a mature Christian woman, and write down some action steps you can take to move forward on the healing path. Think about women who you know who display Christ-like maturity. What do you admire about them? And then as you write that list, as you ponder those things with God, are you harboring unforgiveness? Carve out some time today to discuss this with God. Give yourself the gift of relief and peace. Let me pray. Jesus, we're so tired of our childish behaviors. We want to be grown-up Christian women, but parts of us are not there yet. Please help us to remember you are with us and cheering us on. Remind us to give ourselves grace as we walk this imperfect path of becoming. Send mature women to us as an encouragement, as an example. And Lord, today I come before you to ask, search me, God, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And that's Psalm 139, 23 to 24. Lord, we're ready to do the hard work of forgiving. Thank you for your patience and compassion with us. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me, friends. I'm so glad you came. And before you go, if you enjoyed our time together, and I really hope you did, please subscribe to the Still Becoming podcast, leave a review, and tell your friends. And I'd love to stay in touch. The best way is for you to subscribe to my newsletter, The Latest from Laura, via my website. And of course, I'm on all the socials. You can find all the links in the show notes. Thanks again for coming by, and I'll see you next time on the Still Becoming podcast.